delicious, the sound of discovery. We have discovered another place again. A place on the far side of the far side. It's a, it's a place which encompasses all kinds of things, as, as we have found. Um, many surreal things and... Many things that don't quite add up and don't make, don't entirely make sense. And so, I, this episode, I brought somebody here to help me uh, to discover and help me to figure out what the hell is going on in some of these far side cartoons. Uh, I, he is a podcaster, an improviser, an actor, and a teacher. He has numerous other podcasts. Uh, the no longer extant. Uh, don't get me snarted, but I think you can still listen to all those episodes, which are great. Screw it, we're just going to talk about the Beatles, which may or may not exist. Uh, I will write your book, an improvised character-based podcast. And most importantly, the inspiration for this podcast, his and his brother's podcast, Screw It, we're just going to talk about comics. Will Hines, welcome to The Far Side of the Far Side. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here. <laughs> Um, so let me let me jump in. So this is inspired by you and your brother uh, okay. reading old comic books. That's right. Initially, yeah, yeah. Spider Man, right? Init- yeah, it was uh, my brother and I, Kevin Hines. We, yeah, the, screw it. We're just going to talk about comics. Um, yeah, just like the title. He and I are lifelong comic book fans, and it's part of our friendship with each other. And he remains a passionate and avid fan of comic books, and I am a moderate to occasional fan of comic books. Mm. And so, yeah, we we each episode in the, in the initial series, we would go over a different issue of the original Amazing Spider-Man, which are sort of like well-regarded classic superhero stories. I mean, they're dated and weird, but like mm. they're really good and influential. And yeah. Yeah, that was that was maybe the prime of our podcast, and then we kept it going <laughs> to change the subject from Spider Man to talk about whatever we wanted, and um, it's still going yeah. strong. I really love the um, uh, bizarreness of the Incredible Hulk. Uh, oh yeah, the Incredible Hulk stuff. Yeah, yeah, we did yeah. the first couple issues of the Incredible Hulk, which was re- truly strange because they just uh, don't add up together. They don't. Yeah, they change the story every issue in a really funny way. Yeah. yeah. I love old 60s comics. Yeah. I mean, the comics have become so slick and complicated, and they used to be so simple and primal, I think. Yes. What what I love about it is, is at a certain point, it's just two guys reading you a story, <laughs> um, which is nice, particularly kind of those kind of bedtime podcasts. As I'm brushing my teeth, I'm like, here's a, here's a kind of simple story which two guys are reading yeah. me. So it it occurred to me that just reading out one panel uh, <laughs> far side cartoons would be yeah. an absolutely stupid idea. So here we are. <laughs> I'm attracted to stupid ideas myself. Nice. Well, are you were you attracted to uh, the far side when you when it was yes. in its heyday? Yes, uh, I was born in 1970, so that means that I was like a teenager in the 1980s, and that's kind of when the far side sort of rose to power. Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, I think it was 10th grade. Like, I, I think I was pretty old when somebody was like, hey, have you seen this cartoon? And they showed me some far sides. And I remember not getting it. I read, like, four of them. Like, mm-hmm. what? No, this is stupid. <laughs> I wasn't, like, reading it in the right voice or whatever. I was 
I can't explain it. I was looking at it wrong. Yeah. And then I don't remember. Were Somebody looking, had a collection of. Were you looking at it in terms of other comic books, like trying to make it the same thing, or? I think it was the the far side, which I ended up really loving once it sort of clicked. But um, I think it it's more deadpan and dry. Hmm. I think I was looking at it and expecting like big, broad gags. I don't even know like what, just like slapstick or something. Mm. And the Gary Larson's drawings are so peculiar, like they're not realistic at all. They, I mean, I think they're barely anatomically correct. Mm. Um, they're two-dimensional and flat. I say I say this all as a fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so they look very childlike. And I think that took me out of it or, or something. I was used to like Calvin and Hobbes where the art is like right. beautiful. Yeah. Or Bloom County, which is like, you know, the drafts, the you know, it's a silly strip, but the the illustrations are really good. Mm. They have depth and stuff. Then I'd go to like the far side. I'm like, what's this? Two cows? Two cows are like, <laughs> what, what, holding the hot chocolate? And I, what the hell? What's going on here? That seems to be I, what uh, most people associate. That's the first idea is like cows. cows yeah. Yeah. That really stands out to you. It's maybe... Some, but then, then, yeah. I, then I just sort of realized the, the deadpan dryness of it. I think the one that got me was the one where the dog is trying to get the cat... <laughs> yes. ...to, like, go to some sort of trap, and it just says cat food here, but it's like food is F-U-D. Yeah. It's trying to get the cat to go in the dryer, maybe? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, and the dog is, like, around the corner waiting, going, please, 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 and the... <laughs> yeah. Cat is just looking, and the idea of a dog being able to write, but misspelling it. Yes. I don't know. There was something. It was. That's the one that made me be like, oh, I get it. It's stupid. Yes. It's like silly and dumb. It's like. It's almost like, yeah, it's a funny idea, but also, isn't it funny that this is the idea? Isn't it funny that this is the idea today? Isn't there one where it's like chicken nude beach and there's a sign that says no ducks or something like that? I don't remember, but that sounds like a perfectly plausible one. It's just sort of like there's a there's a meta meta-ness to it. The joke is funny, and then it's funny that that's what he picked for the joke. Yeah, that's true. I think I saw someone with his two kangaroos jumping, and then one of them looks angry at the other one, and the angry one says, could you please stop going boing, boing, boing while we jump? <laughs> And then, only then did I notice that the other kangaroo has his mouth open as if he's mid the word boing, and his eyes are big and wide with no eyelids, like he's just super excited. And I'm like, that's funny. That's really funny, the idea of a kangaroo saying boing, boing, boing as he jumps. Yeah. As so this I, is... I don't know. It, it did take me a while to start, not a while, it took me like a couple of like... I had a couple of visits before I could sort of get the tone. I mean, I'm yeah. embarrassed to say. And then I loved it. Then I like devoured it. Every single one was genius. Did you have all the books, all the compilation books? Yeah, yeah. My that? brothers and I had a complete Far Side collection. I don't think I had it. One of my brothers had it, but we're friends. So whenever one of us had something, it was like we all had it. And, um, you know, and I would buy like mugs and the Far Side calendars and. Uh, I loved wow. him. I mean, I wow. was a super fan. Yeah, yeah. Like in the in the late '80s, Far Side was like pretty ubiquitous. It was like one of these things that like every greeting card store you went to, every bookstore, 
There's tons of Farside stuff. I feel like it has... Subs- I don't think it looms so large in the public consciousness today. No. I have talked to... Not on the it's podcast, It's funny, like, but- like, Calvin and Hobbes, like, remains... Everybody knows Calvin and Hobbes, I think. Yeah. Like you show Calvin... Do you... Or am I wrong? I, I do, I do know, know Calvin, and Calvin and who Calvin and Hobbes are, although I never really got into them, but... Um, maybe that's more of an American thing, but, like, they live on... And they were in, in sort of illegal merchandise... And people love drawing Calvin and Hobbes in America. Uh, Is it and some- they, I would count them as equal to Farside when they were out, but just one of them has diminished. Is it something about that they are repeating characters? So you have a fondness, like you have Could a be, fondness yeah. for the world of the Farside, but you're not like yeah. There's oh here there's I just no, love like, that guy star. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe that's why. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Yeah, it was a sensibility more than a cast of characters. Yeah, yeah. Even though he had certain tropes he hit a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. probably true. I agree with that, Mark. Hmm. Good point by me. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's check out to today's uh, cartoon. Good. So, have you got the website Are open you there? Sh- no, or, where do I go? Uh, thefarside.com. And it'll be... You just scroll down a bit once you get there. Okay. Uh, Daily Dose. Okay, I see it. Yeah. So, we're going to describe it, um, much as you did with the ones that you were just remembering. But uh, what's the first thing that strikes you there, Will? Well, there's a head in a jar. Yeah. There's a head in a jar, and the head looks happy. He does look happy. There's There's an interesting distinction... I mean, there's basically two... No, this is absolute nonsense. But there's two There's two levels of eyes in the far side world. Yeah. Single bar across, you know, a dullness of aspect and open eyes. And that's basically it. And he is an open-eyed person and he's got uh, a gap in his teeth. He looks like a, just a merry fellow. Yes. Um, I'm going to say there's three eyes. There's the... Totally open, wide-eyed maniacs, of which this headless ma- or head-only man is one of those maniacs. Yeah, where the eyes are wide, wide open and kind of wild-eyed. Then you've got glasses people. Yes, like the scientist is a scientist in this cartoon. Yeah, and the glasses sort of like you know give kind of a dead eyes, sort of impenetrable gaze look. And then you've got the half-lidded. Sleepy-eyed people, where there's there's just a horizontal line yeah. that implies kind of a uh, unexcited look. Yes, the glasses. So I'm going to say ma- maniac eyes, glasses eyes, <laughs> yeah. and then horizontal eyes. And what would you say? Or whatever, like straight straight line eyes. Yeah. So we have a maniac, a maniac that's a head in a jar. Yeah. And then a glasses, glasses scientist. Eyes. And this this one is so funny. I love this. Okay, so we got a lab. Uh, the 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 scientist guy. He's got a mustache, bald head, fuzzy mm-hmm. eyebrows, glasses, and a lab coat, and he's twiddling with a microscope. Now, Mark, when you yeah. describe these, are you trying to make it suspenseful, where you're not <laughs> saying what it's about, and you're I am yeah, looking to yeah. like drop clues and then reveal it, like the big the big finish it's, of your description? Yeah, basically, I'm trying to drag it out so it fills up a whole podcast. Okay. Uh, we, so hint yeah. one. Yes. It's a scientist and a head in a jar. Okay. That's that's the setting here. Hmm. Um, a classic trope uh, in, a, in many ways. Like yep. of goofiness, I guess. 
Not necessarily just the far side. Just like insane science fiction yeah. movies. Um, the head is being is like under glass, like he's a like he's a piece of pie in a diner. Exactly. And yeah. there's like two various apparatuses attached to that jar that just yeah. seem like generic sciencey stuff. Yes. Like a beaker with red liquid and then another beaker with green liquid. Yeah. And some curly glass tubes and they're connected to it. I guess ostensibly keeping him alive, although I don't think the science behind these <laughs> contraptions would hold up. I don't I don't think so. <sighs> the guy's got no lungs, but he's talking. I mean it's quite odd. Mm. I mean, has anybody given it a shot, though? Like, you know, until we try yeah, these things. I haven't tried it. I haven't tried it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, so the, the head is behind uh, the scientist. So yeah, the scientist is, like, working at a microphone, and the microscope. head has, like, gotten the scientist. Sorry. Oh, thank you. No, you're absolutely right. I was wrong and <laughs> shameful. I just didn't want to mislead that. people. He's at a microscope. Yeah. And he's got his back to the head. But he's sort of like looking over his shoulder to see what the head is saying. And this is my favorite part of the whole strip is that the scientist looks annoyed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) He looks very subtly like bothered that the head is talking to him. Yeah, this fucking head in a jar again. I think even without the caption, I would laugh at this miracle of science, a head in a jar, and the scientist being annoyed that the head is talking. Yeah. And that's so yeah, deeply yeah. funny, I think. Yeah. How quickly your your piece of genius work turns into just like, oh, yeah. this fucking thing again. You make the Frankenstein's monster, it comes to life, and then it won't stop telling you about the dreams it had. You're like, oh, God, enough. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. So what is the, uh, the head saying to this scientist then in the caption that- below? Are you, is this too early? Do you want to drag no, it out? A no, I think, I think we can read it out now. I, I can't, okay, can't think of much else we can talk about. The wild-eyed maniac head is saying to the perturbed scientist, Oh, professor, did I tell you I had another out-of-head experience last night? Yes. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, Mark, that's a joke. Saying out-of-head experience yeah. instead of out-of-body experience. Yeah. That's a joke right there. That is a joke. And I think the joke is irrelevant to the humor of the strip. I was gonna just going to say the same thing, yeah. Like, I am almost annoyed at that point. <laughs> I almost find that distasteful. It almost turns me off of the whole <laughs> yeah. strip. The characters are just there in the drawing, and that's what's amusing us. You know, I was criticizing Gary Larson's illustration ability, like a real jerk. I can't draw anything. And I was kind of like, yeah, these far side things are so unrealistic and blah, blah, blah. But like, they are so expressive. Mm. Like he really gets subtly different expressions out of his little artist toolkit. You know, characters are perturbed, sarcastic, snobby, maniacs, dumb, uh, scared. Like he really, they're, they're really just expressive. Yeah, and it kind of, it, well, I, you might know more than me. Uh, I think I do. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. But uh, I get, I think this is kind of a game changer in terms of comic strips in general. As in, usually it's four panels and they're horizontal. Was was the yes. far side the first one to do these single panels? Oh, no, 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 no. This no? was like, there was a ton of single panel strips. Okay, I mean, through, throughout the history of newspaper comic strips, there are single panel strips. Oh, They're really? Like, oh, yeah. It, I mean, the Family Circus is one that's like been really popular and in lots of newspapers in America. Um, 
uh, there'd be, oh gosh, now I'm blanking on any other. We had some in my local newspaper that I do not think were like, there was one called Trudy that we had. That I don't think Trudy was like a big comic book phenomenon, but we had Trudy. Yeah. Um, Family Circus is a big one in America. Like, it's an institution. It gets made fun of all the time for being so safe and suburban and milk toasty. Mm. Uh, just so family friendly that it's so toothless. People love making like evil family circus versions because it's like taking this innocent thing and making it twisted. Right. Anyway, but I cannot think of any. No, well, that's... Single pe- oh, oh uh, I think Ziggy. Oh, yeah? Ziggy was often a single panel. Have you ever heard of Ziggy? I, I've heard all of these names. This is where but your, your Irish, your Irish no. heritage and my American heritage are going to come to blows. They didn't. Uh, this is what separates the us. The far side is the only one that made it over this side of the water. Uh, we didn't have the family circle, although I've heard that name. And family Circus. Circus, but, uh, sorry. Yes, yes. There also is a magazine called Family Circle in America, unrelated. Yeah, not, um, not as funny as the far side. Oh, not Family Circus? Family Circus, yeah. Family Circle? Oh, yeah. No. Family Circle, the magazine? I never read it. Maybe it's a laugh riot. <laughs> I think it's like a home, a homemaking sort of magazine, like tips to make your rec room more festive and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And how to make a meatloaf that'll knock your friend's socks off and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I don't know if humor is their main currency, but I haven't read it, so mm. maybe the Family Circle magazine is a blast. Um, do you think? Know. Do you think? Th- so th- back to the scientist. Do you think it could have run without that caption, or do you think that? Do you think he came up with the caption, then drew it, and actually the caption should have been removed? Um, I don't think it works without the caption. Totally. Yeah. Um, I think the. F- I mean, if I was gonna, I think you could substitute in just like a very chatty head, like. Like, start with an ellipsis, he's in the middle of some boring story, ends with an ellipsis. Like, the head, I think that would be the ultimate version of this. I mean, easy for me to criticize the work once it's been done. I imagine that he came up with the joke first and then thought of the context, and the context ended up being funnier than the joke. That's my guess. What's yours? Uh, yeah, I would, I would similarly be like, out-of-body experience, out-of-head experience... Ooh, I could I could try and figure out something around that. It's just a head head in a jar kind of thing. Yeah. Have you do you do you do stand up comedy? Yes, I I'm a real amateur dabbler, uh, but I've done that pretty steadily for like a year and a half, two years. Um, it's hard. It turns out it's quite difficult. Yeah. And um, I'm a I'm a huge fan. And. Um, I'm an aspiring stand-up. Mm. Have you ever? I've, I've done I've done improv comedy for years and years. Yeah, so I've yeah. been on stage for like you know hundreds and hundreds of hours. So I can sort of fake a sort of comfort mm. in the stand-up realm that buys me a little uh, I don't know power. Uh, but then my actual jokes and delivery starts, and the weaknesses are all too apparent. <laughs> I, and I reveal myself as a mere promising newcomer. Yeah. Not the skilled, confident, um, certain point of view that I seem to have when I start. I, I've, I've dabbled into stand-up comedy a couple of times, and really it hasn't taken with me at all. But I... I what do you think it is yeah. that draws people to do stand-up? 
Because I see a wide variety of people try to do it. Like I, I did improv for years and I, improv is nowhere near, in my anecdotal experience, nowhere near as popular as stand-up in terms of people wanting to try it. I feel like almost every human being I have ever met and become friends with at some point says, I thought about doing stand-up. And like one out of 10,000 of them are like, I thought about doing improv. I would you know? say one out of, of, of non-improvisers one mm-hmm. in 50 are like yeah i've thought about doing stand up or want to do stand up i guess i, I, guess, I right. guess i i i'm in a choir and i think of normal people in the world as the people i meet in choir cuz they don't perform at any okay, other time okay that's true and yeah and they don't think about doing stand up they don't and yeah i just meet a lot of people who have no performing experience who are shy who like Maybe don't even seem outwardly funny, but they're fans of stand-up. Yeah. And they're like, I want to try that. Like, there's something about stand-up that makes people think, and I count myself among this group, that they think they can do it. I guess it's just because it involves talking, and we've all had the experience of talking to people, and somebody has found us entertaining, like some friend of ours, or even just our own internal audience to ourselves. and I don't know. It maybe is a kind of performance which looks like and I, I'm not counting improv in this but it looks like it, it involves less practice than learning the guitar uh, yeah yeah that's true so somebody, less like measurable physical skill yeah somebody looking at that is like I'd love to get up and perform sometime but say I can't sing which is mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. and, and and they're like well I can't I'm never going to learn an instrument or anything like that Stand up is just talking. Yeah. I, I've I've talked for years. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I guess it does feel like you're ready to do it. I mean, I guess if you get up with a microphone in front of an audience, you are technically doing stand up, even if you're doing it very badly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess in a way they're right. Well, my actually was bringing up stand up because I wonder. I heard a stand up comedian talking about it, and I've tried it myself. That every stand up comedian at some point has has been like. Maybe I'm a one-liner guy. Maybe I'm just going to sit here uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for the next yeah. hour and I'm going to create all these one-liners because they look so easy once they're done. Have you ever yes. Have you ever sat down and said, okay, maybe I'm a one-liner yeah. guy? Yeah. Yes, yes. Huh? Um, it fails. Yeah. It fails badly. Um, uh, it didn't work I out for you. I can't do it. No. It, doesn't, it didn't work out for me. No. Um it's it's a weird like uh, it does look so simple at least maybe not easy but it looks simple, you know you hear somebody like Mitch Hedberg do his jokes and you're like these are just jokes, I, but I always think there's more to it than the joke itself that's going on. It's like the persona yeah. of the person and their energy and like it's really like the it's similar to what I said about the far side. It's like here's the joke and also isn't it funny that I'm doing this as a joke? Mm. Isn't it funny that this is my joke? Given the way I'm talking and given the energy that I'm sort of exuding. Yeah. I think that's part of it. And it's, so then if you just take the joke away and you don't have that person's energy, like, here's the joke. And it's not that funny that I'm doing this for a joke. It's just the joke itself, which is who gives a shit? Mm. Um, or like, unless it's like a diamondly perfect turn. So no out of head experiences, uh, no out of... You haven't, you, did you come, have you come up with any puns like that, that you were like, well, this one's actually, no. I don't know if I've ever constructed a pun in my stand-up. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if I've constructed anything that's quotable in any way at all. 
or good or successful. <laughs> Certainly no puns. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't know I don't why. Know why I, you should, I don't think you should finish your act with that line. I've certainly I said nothing know. which is in any way quotable. I've said or, nothing that's quotable or even <laughs> funny. Have a good night. Tip your waiters. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that the pun in this, which is the which is the clear, hard joke, is the least important part of it. Mm. The drawing of the scientist and the maniac head are the most important part. And it does matter that the head is saying something kind of inane. Yeah, yeah, that that the scientist can be just kind of bored and annoyed by. Yeah, there was a cartoon that made me laugh when I was seventeen, and I'm going to tell you, and it's it's a bit psychopathic that it made me laugh. It's betrayal of a bit of a lack of morals that I had at that age, or I would just laugh at shocking things. Yeah, regardless of whatever they implied. Um. But there was a cartoon I saw in the National Lampoon magazine, which was just a really, you know, do you, have you heard of National Lampoon I've magazine? I've heard of the magazine. I've never seen it. I mean, it had a long run and there's lots of different like phases of it. So it kind of depends what years you're talking about. I'm talking about the mid to late 80s, which I think everybody agrees are the weak years for the magazine. Mm. Although there'd still be good stuff now and then. But it was kind of just like mean, mean men. Uh, being mean, basically. It was just sort of like, let's be mean to the movies. Let's be mean to celebrities. Let's be mean to everybody. I, I um, feel another podcast look, coming on, Will. <laughs> look how mean we are. Um, and pretty sexist and not not always, but, but a lot of the times. Yeah. It was like mean men t- and selling their magazine to mean boys. And that does not describe National Lampoon in, in all of its history, but it had settled into this. And the cartoon that I'm going to describe to you is one of these. It's mean to women, but it made me laugh because I had emotional problems. But it does, it does sort of demonstrate like how inane dialogue can be funny. So it's like a little sweet old couple are at breakfast in the morning and the woman, the wife says, Gladys told me how she makes the cutest little, um, she makes the cutest little paper towel holders out of used or a cutest little lamb puppet out of used paper towel holders. And then the man shoots her in the head. And that's the end of the cartoon. <laughs> and it like shocked me yeah. and like made me laugh because it was so abrupt. And then in retrospect, I'm like, well, I guess that was kind of annoying just to talk about your paper towel holders. Now, Mark, like I tell you, that's a psychopathic example. <laughs> but it's stuck in my head as like, oh, yeah, inane, inane chatter can sometimes be like irritating and infuriating like somebody just sort of prattling on about a little thing i do you know that comic went too far but um when i read this like mad scientist one it kind of falls in the same category of like is this person really talking about this Mm. i would i would say that that kind of shows that you're not a psychopath that you laughed at that joke because because i am because i'm acknowledging that it's an outrageous reaction yeah exactly yeah, I guess if I didn't laugh and I was like, good for him. Yeah, that's what she... <laughs> well, I don't see anything that's, that's out of the ordinary here. There. This yeah. is perfectly normal. Yeah, this seems to be the way somebody should do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I guess that's true. Yeah. I appreciate that defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I went to college and I loved, I loved, I went through a phase of loving National Lampoon. I think because it seemed like dangerous and I wanted to be like a smart, funny person. Mm. And I went through a, a small period of about 25 years where I thought that that meant being mean. And... um 
I had a stack of lampoons and somebody was flipping through them and saw that cartoon and was like, oh my God, what is this? And I was like, yeah, isn't it hilarious? And they were like, no. And then I was like, oh yeah, it's not hilarious. Oh my God. Uh, like um, like the, the coyote seeing that there's no ground below him anymore. He's been running for ages. Yes. And is like, yeah. oh wait, now oh, I yeah. see. Oh yeah, the jig is up. I'm standing on thin air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have been falling through the air this whole time. Yeah. That's what my experience was like. Nice. Well, um, we... How many of these episodes have you done? Like three? What are you doing? Uh, I've put it... I've recorded... I've recorded one with a guest before. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I've put out, f- I think, four or five with just me. But I've recorded like okay. ten with just me. Some okay. of them are just does. Do th- yeah. Some of them are just does. See, that's what I say in my stand-up. Yeah. All the time when I'm doing it, I'm like, some of these are just duds, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That was a dud. Yeah. Just, I'm just putting some space in here so you guys get a chance to catch your breath in between my good ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a great... Do you think this will be the last one or do you think we'll keep going? <laughs> it could be. Do you know, I've recorded... You think, you think I've buried no, it? No, God, no. You've revitalized it. I've recorded like three in a row... I apologize. ...of just myself and I was like... See, the problem is I started out being like, I'm just going to do this and if people want to listen to it, great. And if they don't, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to be doing this. Mm. And just a few people are listening to it and enjoying it. But I noticed after a while, I was like, oh, that one, uh, that one's actually really good. Or this episode was good. And I've raised the bar. Oh, yeah, you start to notice the difference between, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done a million podcasts and I've had that experience. Like you start doing it and then you sort of realize where the bar can be for that podcast. Like, Oh, that's what a good one of these looks like. Yeah, exactly. Oh, which means that last one was a bad one and I didn't even know it at the time, but now I know I never should have done a good one. I, that was my big mistake. That's that's the lesson. Never succeed. Yeah. 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 Never succeed. And you'll never be unhappy. Yeah. Um, I've done a million podcasts. I love doing them. Mm. Um, you just have to be able to end them. I, I, I sort of like, I don't think they should all go forever. Like, what's wrong with the 10-episode podcast sure. if that's all it wants to be? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a Beatles one, and that's kind of dormant. And I just sort of bring it back whenever my friends and I are, like, ex- extra moved to talk about the Beatles. Yeah. Um, it's, that's something as well that I was thinking on this podcast is, like, I don't have a schedule of, like, comes out every Monday it's like whenever yeah, I, like I don't like... have any ads for, I think, any of my podcasts. Oh, They're yeah. just completely self-indulgent things. <laughs> so it's like I'm not beholden to anybody to yes. do any. So it's like, yeah, do I have to have one every week? Why don't I just have one when I want to have yeah. one? Yeah, and I'm totally fine with that I, when, other, when I podcast. I mean, I, I when I'm to. listening to other podcasts, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. many podcasts that I listen to are occasional episodes, and I sort of appreciate it. Then when they do come out, I'm like, oh, oh this must new, be something yeah, there's new, special. Yeah, new thing in me has come out. As well, yeah. you know, I've, I've done many podcasts in the past as well, Like, and you were talking about it on your Beatles podcast, that sometimes just the booking of people is, is the real drag of a podcast. Yes, the, Anthony King and I did one, you mentioned it at the, beginning of the, at the beginning of this, called Don't Get Me Started, and it was just me and Anthony asking L.A. comic comedian and comedic actors... Um, talk about something besides your job. Um, and we really enjoyed it, but we sort of ran out of gas and part of it was booking people Mm. just like having to arrange. Actually, now that we live in this zoom era when everything's remotely, Mm. we might've been able to keep it going because it's so much less of an intrusion. Yeah. Like part of it was Anthony would have to come over to my house. Somebody else would have to come over to my house. Uh, that's just a lot to plan. The pandemic has taught us that we never all, we never need to see each other ever again. <laughs> Not in person. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Groovy. Well, so. um, I we have another guest here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're lucky to have that very self-same scientist who has created this head in a jar. His name is Hugo uh, Witherspoons. Uh, Hugo, welcome to the show. Hi, what? What? Well, it just, no, yes. I was just, uh, we just wanted to chat <sighs> to you. Oh, listen, we uh, we were... I'm just sorry. I was in the middle of something. I was just in the middle of something. Oh, really? You were working on a new... Yeah. Well, we just wanted to chat I'm to you about at... this, this previous yeah, piece. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay, okay, okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do okay, it. well, I don't want to take up too much uh, of your you, time. You got, there... you, no, it's okay. It's okay. You got me. You got me. What's up? Um, well, we're just fascinated by this uh, head in a jar. Um, oh, right. Jesus. Milton. His name Milton. is Milton. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where d- I mean, it's a, he's, a, he's a miracle. He's a miracle. Yeah, it's incredible. We have him. I got two vats of liquid mm. that are just sort of emitting fumes onto him, and it's keeping him alive. He can talk without any lungs, which is something I don't even know how that works. No, yeah. He seems completely content. I mean, he's content to a fault. I wish he was more irrit- irritated. Have you tried to irritate him? Yes. He's, he's unflappable. What have you done to... He's the most singularly good-humored person I've ever talked to, which infuriates Was me. he like that before he was beheaded? How, how did you find him? Did you find the head, or did you know him before... He lost his body. I knew him before. Oh, okay. I knew him before. And he was the exact same way. Oh. And yeah. is that the reason why he became just a head in a jar? Is that... Yeah. I was thinking like, have you ever heard of a lobotomy? Yeah. Where they remove part of somebody's brain sure. to change their personality? Yeah. Maybe if they're a very violent or aggressive person, they'll take a piece of their frontal lobe away to try to like permanently mollify them. Have you heard of that process? I, I, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I was thinking. This guy, Milton. So I used to play Scrabble with him. Do you know Scrabble, the word I game? I do know the, the Scrabble. Game? Yeah, the word game. That's very popular. So yeah. me and Milton would play Scrabble and he wouldn't shut up. He's like, he's a, I mean, the guy's like a radio. Yeah. Talking. And, and I was just like, he drove me nuts. And I was like, I gotta, I can't live <laughs> with him in the world, but murder, I do not stand when by. When you say live with him in the world, you weren't living with him. I just him. couldn't stand the, I, no, but I just couldn't live with the idea that he was out there roaming around. Did it, chattering at people. Did it, the injustice, the injustice of how mm. he takes people's attention away was in, is insane to me. Was it bugging you even when he wasn't there? Yes. I was thinking about it all oh. the time. Okay. So, for my own good, I proposed to him the idea of him becoming headless, <laughs> which he went for almost immediately. It took almost no persuasion, and he was on board. He was just happy to I do had it. barely explained what it was. I was like, I have an experiment. It's a little bit... It's a little bit extreme. He's like, I'm down. I was like, you got to let me tell you what it is. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, what is it? I'm like, I'm going to cut off your hair. He's like, I'm down. I was like, let me finish. Let me just tell you what this is. You're going to live as a head in a jar in my lab. He didn't even know he's that like, he was going to live after the beheading before he was up no, for it. That bothered yeah. me. Yeah. Cut his head off. It had no effect on his personality. I can't believe it. Yeah. So did you think it would affect his personality? Yes. Of course I did. Of course he did. I thought it'd slow him down. I thought it might mute him. Yeah. If I separated his mouth from his lungs, I thought at the very least it would physically mute him. And honestly, I thought it would bum him out. I thought it would like introduce a little pessimism into this guy's personality. Not a drop. It's like that um, thing, Hugo, that they say that like people who win the lottery... Like a year later, they're as happy as they were before they won the lottery. And people who lose their I've read that. their ability to walk are as happy as they were before they lost their ability to walk. So I guess he's just the same. That's just his personality. It, it also yeah. works for people who lose their entire body. 
Yeah, seems to be the same. He won't stop summarizing John Grisham novels. Oh. John Grisham writes those like law thrillers, yeah, like The Firm and The Pelican Brief. And I mean, they're very popular, but I don't think they're very good. Oh, me either. I can't stand them. And Milton won't shut up about them. He, every detail he gets into. Really? It drives me, it drives me bonkers. Do, I mean, surely he's going to run out of them. How many are there? Oh, he's well run out. He's just looping back. He he just goes back and starts over. Y- you keep and then resummarizes, and I'll be like, "You told me <laughs> you about told this me one. the Pelican Brief." I've he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, I know, I know." But do, but then this part, I'm like, it just has no effect on yeah. me. It's like a steam. He's like a steam shovel. He's an irresistible force. He, I wish I, I wish I was a more amoral man so I could murder him, but I just can't bring myself. To I mean, do you it. cut his head off. I mean, that's pretty. Yeah, but I kept him alive. I was, which I was yeah. pretty sure would work. You were sure it would work. These just these two vats of flasks of. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm pretty good at my job, yeah. and I just kind of thought of this partic- these two particular chemicals, and I was like, I think if I connect them in such a way that they vaguely waft some fumes, yeah, <laughs> it'll keep the head sustained, which it worked like a charm. Wow, what's in those flasks? Can I ask? One of them is a um, uh, blended banana. Wow. And the other one is um, potpourri. I mean, that's a that's a first aid tip for anybody who finds themselves in the autofill. Yeah, I haven't gotten around to like writing down the exact proportions oh, or getting this okay. formula ready. I'm just uh, you know, honestly, I can't get anything done. Yeah, I can't get anything done because Milton's in my lap. Have you thought about like transferring him somewhere else? Yes, I've tried it. He just starts screaming. Not not in pain, but just sort of like, did I tell you about? Oh, did you see you the did you him. see the Tom Cruise version of the firm? It's like it's even worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I bring him in, he'll like sometimes doze off. I can get like a little bit. Oh, done. okay. I was gonna ask, is there anything you can do to mollify him to? But he doesn't really need sleep anymore. That's an interesting effect. I had I I know I gotta. You should to publish. Yeah, you should publish this. I, I don't. I'm embarrassed. I'm totally embarrassed. I. I'm not sure I want people to really pay too much attention to this because I feel a little bit screwy about it. Okay. Makes me look bad, I think. That you cut a guy's head off? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't even test it on an animal. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I went right to a human trial. Straight in, yeah. I don't know. That's not going to pass a a board of governance. I don't think so. No. No. Um, These journals are so strict. (sighs) It's unbelievable. You, are you working on a new project? Yes. What's uh, what's going on with that? I want to see with a man who is only a head, what the effect is of slicing his face off. <laughs> oh. So that the front of his head is just a smooth skin sheen. Yeah. But he's still got a mouth and tongue and voice box. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, that might Not solve your problem. I'm going to give it a shot. I would say you could keep the face and just take off that voice box. uh, We'll see. Yeah. It's my next project. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Well, Hugo, thank you so much for telling us all about that. It's fine. Okay. Uh, We'll let you you get back to your... I got to go. Yeah. I got to go. Okay. Good luck with your experiments. Bye. Yes. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye. Uh, Well, uh, thank you, Hugo. And uh, thank you, Will. Thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. Anything you want to plug? I have literally three listeners or something like that. 
You've plugged it already. I have a podcast with my brother called Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. We talk about comic yeah. books. And then I have another one called I Will Write Your Book where I play an author who deals and some comedian plays a client who wants a book written. And we make stuff up and it's wacky and quite fun. Yeah, they're both great. Yeah. Uh, podcasts. Do check them out. Uh, you're also recording music. Are you not? Oh, yeah. My friend my friend Joel Spence and I made a band. Uh, we're just two middle-aged guys who love music. He's actually quite a talented musician. I merely have audacity. Um, uh, yeah, and I wrote a bunch of songs, and he agreed to help me record them, and then he brought some songs he wrote, so we made a band. It's called Wayne and Rodney, even though our names are Joel and Will, and an album's going to be out in July, very, very, very wow. shortly. That's not yeah. far in the future. Called, the album's called Turn It Up. And it'll be like on Spotify and Apple Music. Let's say at the latest July 15th. Probably before that. Nice. Yeah. Uh, oh, thank you for asking about it. I mean, it is truly indulgent. I hope that anybody listens to any part of it at all. They're not funny songs. They're real yeah. songs. I mean, it's funny that we did it. And it's possible that one would be amused the whole time listening to it. Like, geez, I can't <laughs> believe these guys did this. But they are just like earnest songs. Although they are kind of like they might be giants slash ween slash... Yeah, they're they're kind of verbally whimsical, dense. The, yeah, they're sort of whimsical sort of things. So. Yeah, yeah. They're comedy adjacent. I I have a similar uh, penchant for making music, which I have to explain. It's not funny though, by the way. Like yeah, like everything else yeah. that I'm trying to. And do. they're like, so why are you doing it? They say, <laughs> and you're like, no. I don't know. Listen to it if you like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, brilliant. Well. Um, that's the end of the show thank you so much and thanks for having me bye everybody goodbye world goodbye thousands of people yes bye